For those, uh, well, for those of us who are here and online as well, this summer, um, and even longer, we're going to follow random passages uh, in Scripture, which is based on a book that's used by our youth group. Um, the youth group are using this book called 52 Great Bible Studies. It's a book from a Reformed perspective, uh, reflecting all that God has done for us and challenging young and old to respond in faith to him in our daily walk with Jesus. This book tackles various uh, topics for children and, and youth and adults. And so the first topic that we're going to be looking at actually this week and perhaps a couple weeks in, uh, into this is the topic of decisions, our decisions. And when we use this passage from Isaiah 40, 28 to 31 that we're going to read in a moment, we are being reminded of who is in control when we make decisions. And I'm going to give you the spoiler alert. The answer is not us. But before we read from Isaiah 40, let's come to our God in prayer. Father God, we come before you as we prepare to hear from your word and the words spoken from the prophet Isaiah. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who opens our minds and hearts to what your word speaks to us. We thank you that you work in us to live out the gospel in our lives and in our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Isaiah 40, 28 to 31, um, for those who are looking it up on their phones or whatever, or you can see it on the screen here uh, in your homes, I think, yep. Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. And even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we spend much of our time making decisions. And the decisions often begin right away when we wake up. How many times am I going to hit that snooze button today? Or what do I wear today? What's for breakfast? Or what, if you're going to work, what do I make for my lunch? And if you drive, what route will you take? Do I get to go through the takeout or the drive through Where am I going to park? But then there's also harder decisions. Younger people will ask, what courses do I enroll in? What school do I attend? What girl or boy do I ask out? Should I marry? And if so, who will I marry? How many children? Should I apply for that job? Should I serve as an usher or children's message or other ministries in the church? Should I serve as an elder or a deacon? Council this week asked, what decision do we make about singing as we regather? And so there's sometimes easy decisions that we make without hesitation, almost involuntary. And then there's harder decisions that take some more thought and more time, perhaps wrestling with the idea, lots of prayer. Well, there's one overriding common factor in all our decisions. Yes, we ultimately make the decision, hopefully most times the correct one, and yeah, sometimes it might not be such a good one. But the common thing in all our decision 
decisions is that God remains in control, even in our mess-ups. And as we read this passage this morning, you may, may have noticed the words that came up quite often, weak and weary. So now what happens to our decisions and to our responses when we begin to feel somewhat weak, when we begin to feel weary? In our call to uh, worship this morning from Revelation 15, we close off with all the nations. They come and they worship you, Lord God. And in here now we read a passage from Isaiah 40, uh, which weak and weary Israel decides that they're not going to praise and worship God. You see, when people are weak, when they are weary, their decisions and their responses can so easily be altered. Lives get distracted. So the prophet Isaiah is here proclaiming God's word to the people. He's proclaiming to the people of Israel during this time of Israel's captivity. And during this time, the Jews were few. I mean, there was was only a small remnant left. And they were facing a long and difficult journey. The Jews were refugees in a foreign land. The Lord's temple and the holy city, they, they were all in ruins. They had no army, they had no king, and they were mostly helpless from their perspective and others too. The victories of Assyria and Babylon and Persia actually made it look like the false gods of the Gentile nations were stronger than the God of Israel. And a temptation to decide allegiance towards these false gods could have easily occurred. Well, in fact, they did choose to rebel against God. Doubts were likely entering the minds of the captive Jews. And the enemy and the devil, uh, the enemy of the devil was likely persuading the Jews to think that perhaps there is no God. And Israel's weariness took over in how they lived and how they made decisions. And Israel allowed the lies of the dark world to take over their minds rather than the light of God and His truth and His promises and His continued faithfulness in their lives. Times were such that people were probably fearing, feeling rather uh, defeated and deflated They were feeling weak and weary. And Israel probably felt that God was quite distant from them. And when they're feeling distant from God, this will have an impact on the decisions that they make. When feeling distant from God and life-changing decisions need to be made, people will typically then just not put their trust in God. I mean, if He's so far out there anyways, how can we trust Him? In fact, it may have been easier for them to put their trust in in the gods of the successful nations around them, or maybe even themselves. And as this passage uses the terms that people will feel weak, they'll faint, they they will fall. Israel is weary, and their weariness is distracting them from God. Their weariness has an impact on their responses, on their decision-making. And then they choose to question God's sovereignty and His control and His power. I've heard people state over these past few months how weary they are. And with a pandemic such as COVID that's impacting the world and different nations, we've seen different nations making independent and even different decisions. Some successful and others not so much. 
These are weary times. They're unprecedented times. And decisions that never would have entered our minds before have had to be made. Like, who is able to come to worship this week? And who may not? Restrictions and attendance in worship and even how we worship. And the decision that is made in one week may not even be a good enough decision for the next week. People of God, when you are weary and feel weak, how is it that you respond? Who do you respond to? Isaiah sees the people questioning God. They're questioning his power. They are complaining to God and they're doubting God. And the nation of Israel was crying out to God. And that's a good thing, but they were crying out to God in this case that he didn't care and he didn't know what they were even going through. In verse 28, Isaiah asked the question to the people, do you not know? Have you not heard? And he already asked this question a few verses earlier to the people in verse 21. Isaiah knows that we people do not always listen that well. Do you not know? Have you not heard? How many times do I have to repeat myself? Moms and dads out here, out there, this probably sounds very familiar words to you, and your kids are sitting there thinking, no, they've never said that to me ever. Never heard that. How many times don't you feel weary? How many times don't you feel weak? And there's no shame in admitting that we are weary, that we are weak. Isaiah states in verse 30 that even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. Are there times that you felt distant from God? Are there times that you may have even questioned, is God even there? Are there days and weeks or seasons in your life that you just don't feel as close to God as you did previously? Perhaps you feel that, that you have drifted somewhat from God. Or even that maybe that you feel that God has drifted from you. And there are times, I'm sure, many people feel this way. And then perhaps we begin to f- rely on our own strength. And that's not good when we're weak and weary because there is no strength in us to rely on. But you need to know that even though you may feel that you have been drifted from God, God has never drifted from you. And he continues to be your faithful father. He continues to be with you. And he continues to give you strength when you are weak, when you are weary. He gives power to the weak. And so Isaiah is saying to the people of Israel, and he's saying to us, don't look downward and don't look inward to yourselves, but people of God, look outward, look upward to the Lord. Israel's in a, in a difficult present, and their tomorrow continues to look impossible. And yet they need to turn their focus away from their situation And their focus, back to the Lord's strength. They're to look to the greatness of the Lord as as they make decisions and as they make responses in their lives. 
And so when Isaiah asks again in verse 28, do you not know, have you not heard? He goes on to say, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, and he will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Do you understand that? Probably not, because you can't fathom it. Isaiah reminds the people that God's understanding we can't even fathom. Isaiah reminds the people that our God is the creator. He's, he created, he's the creator of the ends of the earth. Our God is awesome. And he not only created you and me, but he created everything in this planet. He's created the stars and the sky and created the vast universe. He's everlasting. And he's in control of this world. And yet in our weariness... In our weakness, even sometimes when we're here over and over and we read over and over in the scriptures that God is a creator to the, uh, of the ends of the earth, and what happens is then we take this phrase and then we're going to twist it a little bit. Well, if God is the creator of so much and he has to care for every person and, and every creature and every part of the universe and not just this planet but the whole universe, how can I, little me, be of any significance to him? We didn't read verse 27 this morning, but that sentiment actually comes out of verse 27, that we are so small in comparison to God and to his vast creation. My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded from my God. It's easy for people to think that we don't matter, that we're so minute in size, and and there are just billions of people in in this world presently, and, um, and and even more since the time span from the Garden of Eden, how can God continue to care for each person and even to care for me? Well, as tiny as we are in comparison to this world and this universe, in comparison to God, we matter. God continues to care for each one of his people. All lives matter to God. Isaiah proclaims words of hope. And he proclaims words from a faithful and everlasting God that desires to have a relationship with his people. Again, verse 28, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. So if God has done this with the the universe, how could Israel possibly say that God is not concerned about their cause? He's faithful and he promised to continue to provide a remnant and to bring them out of captivity. He will bring them back to Judah. Even though God's people might be growing weary of God, our God will not grow weary of his people. Our faithful God is our source of strength. Isaiah 40, 29, we read, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. We heard these words last week in, uh, when we read Philippians 4, 13. Paul talks that he can do all things through the Lord who gives him strength. Our strength comes from the Lord. It is God who gives us strength. Our strength is not in and of ourselves, we cannot use our own strength. We need the strength of the Lord. 
Remember what Sylvia was saying about the eagle's wings soaring like the eagle's wings as opposed to the flapping of the hummingbird. I didn't flap 10 times in that second either. I think many also know and, and probably love that passage in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 that we heard earlier in the service as our, as our assurance of pardon, assurance of God's grace where Paul is weary and he's weak and he's pleading multiple times to God to remove that burden that Paul has in his life. And the burden doesn't get removed. But Jesus says to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. God gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. God will not grow tired of his people. He will not ignore the sufferings and the struggles of his people. Yes, our decisions and our responses, they have consequences for sure. But God will continue to remain faithful to his people. And when we are feeling weak, when we are feeling burdened, vulnerable, broken, when we need to make decisions that impact our lives and impact lives around us, people of God turn to God. Turn to His power, to His strength. Look to Him. So verse 31 states, to put your hope in the Lord. As followers of Jesus, that is one of the many things that believers have over others in this world who who decide not to believe. Believers have hope. Now, hope is not about like some wishful thinking as we often use the word today, oh, oh I hope this happens or I hope that happens and, and that doesn't happen. No, hope is based on God's character. We have hope because we have the assurance and the strength that God will keep his word, that God will keep his promises. We have hope even when we are all unable to be together for worship at this time. We have hope even though worship may not even look the same at this time. Nothing can take away our hope. Our God has chosen to love his people and he's decided to love you. God loves you. And we have the assurance that our God is our faithful father. God's faithfulness has ultimately been shown through the giving of his son, Jesus Christ. God sent his one and only son into this world. He sent Jesus to this earth in human form thousands of years ago. Jesus lived as a human. He suffered, he died, he rose from the dead, and he lives again. And he will come again, and people of God, we have hope. Because God keeps his promises. And for those who have hope, And again, you could probably say, well, I can put my hope in many things. Yes, but we are called to put our hope in the Lord. And when we put our hope in the Lord, our strength will be renewed. The word renew here in this passage is similar to the word exchange. It's like we exchange our old clothes for new clothes. We exchange our weakness for his strength. In our weakness... God's power is made perfect. Our lives have been renewed. They have been made new through Jesus. God has sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to exchange our old lives for new ones. We're no longer sinners before God. We're no longer slaves to fear. We're no longer slaves to sin. We are forgiven sinners before God, our Father, through his son, Jesus Christ. We are saints 
forgiven by the body and blood of our brother, our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we put our hope in the Lord and in Jesus Christ, our strength is renewed. And we will be able to soar. We'll be able to run. We'll be able to walk. We will not faint. We'll be able to do the activities that God calls us to do, whether it's in our families, in our church, in our lives, in his kingdom. We'll be given the strength so that we can be obedient to our Father in heaven because God cares for each of his people. We sang that earlier. I am a child of God. And so during these weary days, we live out on his strength. And as big as he is and as small as we are, God desires to have a relationship with his people. And he invites us to have a close relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. Our great God desires to have a relationship with you and he desires you to have a relationship with him. And we may make many decisions in our life, but the ultimate decision is who are you going to follow today? And maybe you've made this decision already to follow Christ. And that's awesome. But what other decisions are you going to make to grow closer to him, to grow closer to others, to show others that you are a follower of Jesus. Or maybe you haven't made the decision yet to follow Jesus, and you have the opportunity, even in your weakness and your weariness, to make a decision to follow Jesus. Accept his invitation of this free gift of grace through Jesus Christ. And there will be times that you will become weary But do not get discouraged. Do not feel that that things are hopeless. Rather, continue to put your hope in God, in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May the light of Jesus remove any darkness in your life and in this world. And may Jesus continue to strengthen you in your weariness and weakness in all of your decisions. And to give you His hope and to give you His peace. Christ alone, cornerstone, Weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, he is Lord. He is Lord of all. Amen.